0: Testing, testing, it's on, it's on, Andy. Just give you a couple more minutes to, just a couple more seconds to fill out that survey. Um, But I am just so glad to be here with you guys. Um, a lot of new faces, which is so cool, and a lot of the same faces. Uh, maybe you've been with us for a couple of years or just the last year. Yeah, Dan and uh, Riley down here, they're going to be rocking the front row. So if anybody wants to brave the you know, front row, they're going to be right there. So you can join them. You won't be alone because they will be there as long as they're in town. Uh, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm on staff with Cornerstone. I've been on staff for about seven years now. Um, and we have a dynamite team of staff members, and I'm just so happy to be a part of that team. Uh, but we, we've said it multiple times this morning, but whew, we want to welcome you here. We're just excited that each and every one of you are here, and, uh, and, and our, our hope for Sundays um, is to just be together and, and to rest in this space from the, the previous week and to get ready for the next week. Um, this is going to be an opportunity for us to question and wander, like, not wander, wonder um, who is God? and what, is he, what does that mean for my life? And uh, it's also an opportunity to worship together, worship our King Jesus, and, and also to be centered around God's Word um, to where we can pursue being a disciple and making disciples uh, in Jesus' name. And a disciple is just a learner, someone who learns God's word and is able to apply it to their life. And that's the hope here, is that we, we learn from, something from Scripture this week that we can apply to our lives, that will bring us into the next week. So before we, we jump into more stuff, I just want to take a time of prayer. Um, and so would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, uh, we just come together in this space. We, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be in here now. And, and moving in each and every one of our hearts, Lord, I pray that all these new students and everyone that's in this room lord would you just bless the next year that's ahead of them just this next semester lord there's going to be a lot of highs and a lot of lows and a lot of in-betweens lord and i just pray that you would be in the midst of it all that you would make your presence known and that you would be there for them in in friendship and and helping them find friends and uh, just being connected whether it's in this church community Or um, another church community, all the church communities that are on campus, Lord, I just pray for them that um, they would find a place. And Lord, uh, I just pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. My mouth's a little dry, but that's okay. I think I'm a little dehydrated from this last week, just being outside so much, and it was really hot, and also screaming a lot. I don't know if you were with us yesterday at uh, volleyball, but I was doing a lot of screaming. And that's what I generally do. Uh, but a little bit more about myself. Uh, I have been married for eight years. Um, yeah, and I have two kids. One is three. Her name is Esther. And I have a one-year-old that her name is Vera. You've probably seen him running around here. Uh, and my wife's name is Erin. And we met within Cornerstone. Um, we went to uh, a retreat, not a retreat, a retreat summer project together, and uh, fell in love, and then there's a whole story. So if you want to know about more about my love life, you can, you can ask me. Uh, but I recently started reading. I'm, I haven't been a reader most of my life, um, but yes, Nia loves it. Emily's got me, gotten some. So I just finished a book, and I think it's the quickest that I've ever read, but if you want to know more about that book, let me know. I'll tell you more, um, and I might be a little late to the game, maybe a little old, But I just started reading Percy Jackson, the first book. So we got some Percy Jackson fans in here, which is awesome. Um, If you have any recommendations, I'm on Goodreads. You can can follow me or, you know. Uh, But some other things that I love to do is I love playing board games. Uh, I love working in the garden. I love anything to do with my hands, Uh, fishing, uh, playing sports, watching sports. Uh, And really, I really just love being around people. I enjoy just company, and I'm a huge extrovert. Um, but I think the top of the list at this point, it's, it's a tie between the, the NFL and the NBA at this point, point. and I may have just lost half of you in just saying that, but bear with me. I have a little bit of a story, and I really love the NBA, and today um, the topic is trust the process. And it all comes from this NBA team, the Philadelphia 76ers. Has anybody heard about this at Philadelphia? Okay, so we have some people. Great, great. Um, In the last 10 years, this is 10 years ago, there was this GM, which is the general manager, the guy that's kind of trying to run the organization. He is uh, trying to get some momentum with their team. And he comes up with this idea of like, we're going to do terrible for the next foreseeable future to acquire high draft picks in the, in the draft. I know I'm losing some of you, but bear with me. Just listen. Um, and, and so that they could have a really good young team. So, they, yeah, so they're tanking. They're just losing games on purpose. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how, how the 76ers fans did it. Because when my team loses, I'm, I'm distraught. But the people saw the process. They saw it, and they were tweeting out. They were like, "In tru- uh, trust in Hinky, in Hinky we trust." Uh, and he just kept talking about this process and kind of casting this vision. And so this this trust the process also came about on Twitter. Is it still called Twitter or is it called X now? I don't know. Okay, great. Anyway, uh, I don't know much about the interwebs, um, but I I can't imagine any other person in a higher up position saying trust the process in this next couple of years. We're going to suck. But just trust me. Can you think of like what if an author had said that and they wrote like terrible book after terrible book after terrible book and they were like wait, wait, trust that there's going to be a better book in 2 years. There's going to it's going to fly off the shelves. Or like the Marvel series, do you think the Marvel series would be as big as it was if if, you know, the main person that was writing the, you know, not writing, but, like, doing the directing, they were, like, wait, wait, these, these next five movies are gonna stink, but, you know, trust the process. I don't think this would really happen, right? And so, um, but here's the thing, what this, what Sam Hinkey was doing, it worked, which, which is just crazy, kind of. Yeah, Kyle's, like, eh, I don't know if it worked, but, um, it, it, it worked because they got a dynamite player. Does anybody know who Joel Embiid is? Yep, that's right. Raj, Rock, 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 yeah, he's from where is he? Kansas, right? Um, um, and uh, he's he's phenomenal. Uh, and does anybody know what his nickname is? What? <laughs> his nickname is the Process. Because everybody was like, trust the process, trust the process. And here he is. He's, he's massive. He's a center. He can shoot a three. He can take it down low. It's just, he's awesome to watch. And I'm, I'm a Celtics fan. And uh, they played each other in the playoffs this year. The Celtics won. No, no big deal. But I was terrified of this guy, of watching him play, because he could just go off and drop off 50 points in one game. It was just amazing. But they trusted the process. Um, and in the midst of re- acquiring uh, Joel Embiid, Sam Hinkie was fired. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they've gone on to, to try to win a title, yet they haven't yet. They trusted the process and they got a dynamite player, but they, uh, they haven't won a title yet. Uh, in Scripture today, we're going to see um, Paul extorta, extort us or uh encourage us in, in, a sa- in a similar way, not the same. Um, and instead of trusting the process, he's going to say, trust in Jesus in the process. And, and many of us are going through many different processes right now. Um, I think everyone's going through the process of moving in, right? <laughs> everyone's doing that at this point. Or, you know, you're looking at the next four years of life, or two years, or three years, whatever, however more long you're here. And, and we've always been in a process. One, life is just one big process, um, whether it's school, a job, a career, maybe you have hopes of be, having a family. Um, something in your life is happening, and it begs the question of what is your circumstance? What are your circumstances at this point for me i uh, i 'm a people pleaser. I worry way too much about what people think of me. Uh, am I a good father? am I a good husband, friend, brother, son, disciple, staffer, and overall just good person? and in all of these areas i 've made mistakes but it but ultimately it comes down to what what do other people think of me? And especially people that I look up to. I really want the approval of other people that I look up to. And often I feel discouraged. <laughs> I often feel that I don't, I don't add up. I don't, I'm not enough. And this really comes out in my parenting and in my marriage. Um, I love my kids and I want to be a good father than him, I want to do a good job, but with parenting, there's so many things that you can do in one area, whether it's cloth diapers or regular diapers, and everybody has an opinion about them, right, and it, and if you choose one side, the other side hates you, (laughs) and so there's just this, this struggle of, like, whether you should do screen time or not, and, um, and it's really hard to be a people pleaser in the midst of that, right, Um, and this is all for my own edification. I also want to be a good husband, and I want Erin to be able to say, I am good, I'm happy, I don't need anything. Uh, I want to take all of her problems away. Um, but when she's not, when she's not happy, because she's human, everyone's human, so everyone's not happy all the time, it crushes me. And it's really hard to, to sit in, in that space. And when I was thinking about this message, and as I have been processing this, I, uh, the Lord brought to me that I, I seek the approval of others because I want to be God. I want to be the one that controls everything. I want to be in God's place. And if I'm a, if I'm a betting man, which I'll take a good bet, you may be fe- feeling similarly. In some way, shape, or form, probably not fatherhood or as a, as a husband, but in some way, shape, or form, you might see the next four years or one to four years as a daunting task. Some of you might be excited about that. Maybe a friend has hurt you, and so this, this process of trying reconciliation is hard for you. Um, and you, can, you could possibly be asking, why, God, why is this happening to me? And uh, God is pressing on something in your life at this point. And we're going through some type of suffering. Our circumstances often bring suffering. Sometimes circumstances are good. Um, What is it for you? I'm going to take us through Romans 5, 1 through 5. And I'm kind of just going to kind of break down each verse by verse. If you want to pull out your Bible, go to Romans. Um, This this book of the Bible was written by Paul, um, and he was writing to the, the church in Rome. Uh, and so Romans 5.1 uh, reads, Therefore, let's just stop there. If you ever see therefore, it, you just need to ask the question, What is the therefore Therefore, You get that? What is the therefore in this passage for? And previous to this, Paul was just talking about um, how Abraham, uh, his, uh, just about how Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. If anybody you know Abraham, he's from the Old Testament, and he was promised children, but in his old age, he did not have children. And so, even though he didn't have any children, he believed God would supply a child. And provide a child, sorry. And so he was talking about that. Paul was just talking about that. And, um, and so it was counted to him as righteousness. Not because of anything he did, but because of everything that God did. So, therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Ah, this, this, same, this faith that is talked about here is the same faith that Abraham was, had. and uh, um, So, Yeah. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this peace is, is uh, reconciliation between us and God. For those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, we are reconciled with God in, in, for all of our sins and in, in those to come. Verse 2, um, through him we also have obtained by access, uh, access by f- faith into this grace in which we stand. We stand in this grace because we are forgiven. We, Like I just said, we, we, all of our past, present, and future sins are forgiven. And therefore, the therefore is not in here, but um, we rejoice, it goes on to say, we rejoice in hope for the glory of God. Of the glory of God, sorry. So our hope is in Jesus. And in verse 3, this is, this is where we're going to be for most of the time. But verse 3 says, um, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. Hold on, Paul. You just told me to rejoice in the hope, you, just a, the previous verse. There's, there was hope there. Now I'm, I'm supposed to rejoice in my suffering. What are you talking about? This is weird. Um, and, and of all people, I think Paul has the background to, to tell us that we ought to rejoice in our suffering. Um, in 2 Corinthians 11, 14 through 27, it says, this is just talking about Paul and kind of how, what has happened to him in the previous years as when he came to know the Lord. Five times I have received at the hand of the, of the Jews the forty lashings less one, Three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned. Three times I was, sh- I was shipwrecked. <laughs> a night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and and exposure. This is a rap sheet, guys. Do you hear all this? It's insane the amount of suffering that Paul has experienced. And so he doesn't say this lightly, rejoice in your suffering. But he goes on to say, rejoice in your suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Um, And then continuing, uh, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is the process that Paul is trying to show us, um, that we can have hope in all of our circumstances. Uh, Paul, Paul encourages us to have hope in Jesus in the middle of our life. And I don't know about you, but it's really hard to endure something when you don't know why you're needing to endure anything. You can ask why. And if you don't know the answer to why, then it might be really hard to, to continue suffering in the thing that you are suffering in. But Paul ca- uh, calls us to, to endurance not by sheer strength, He's calling us to intimacy with the Lord. God wants to know all of those questions. He wants, to, wants you to ask you all your why questions to him. He wants every part of your heart. And in Psalm 119, it says, Blessed are those, uh, this is the second verse, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. God wants all parts of us. And, and sometimes... In our circumstances, God uses those circumstances for us to endure. But when we endure, when we go to God, we will build the character to where new circumstances come up, we turn to God quicker and quicker. Because there's always something coming up, right? And that's going to build the character to continue to go to God in intimacy and, and to rely on Him and not ourselves, which then produces hope. Because our hope isn't in us or anything that we are going through, but it's in God. That we're not going through this alone. And so this hope that Paul is talking about is not hope in dating that person that you really like, your crush. Passing your classes, graduating college, getting into that dream job, getting that dream job for yourself, getting married, having a family, and so on and so forth. None, it's not, it's in, your hope isn't in that but it's in Jesus. And the reason why our hope ought not to be in those things is because it's fleeting. Eventually, those things come and pass. It often leads us unsatisfied or wanting more, desiring something else. It leads us wondering, what is, what is life about? The hope in Jesus um, we, are, we, we have a purpose. Our suffering doesn't go in vain. The question of why am I going through this can call, calls for a deeper question when you put your hope in Jesus. It, it calls us to ask, what are you teaching me in this, Lord? Is it to trust in you? Is it to trust in you as a provider, as a protector, as a healer? Is it just calling me to be more intimate with you, Lord? And I just read off the the kind of the rap sheet of, of Paul and what he had to endure, but Jesus went through way more than we could ever imagine. Jesus lived a perfect life, completely sinless, totally in tune with the Lord, the way that we used to live back when Adam and Eve were first on earth. Yet he died... The punishment that I deserve, that you deserve, that everyone deserves. And in Isaiah 53, 5, it says, he was, uh, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our, our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. I don't know if you've seen The Passion of the Christ, but it's, it's a gruesome... <laughs> Just the things that Jesus had to go through in his death was astronomical. So Jesus knows suffering, and so we don't need to suffer in vain. And sometimes I can often think that the suffering will break me, (laughs) will, will bring me down, and I won't be able to endure it. But Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. If that doesn't talk about suffering, endurance, character, and hope, I don't know what does. But Jesus is worth it. Jesus gives us that hope. And when our hope is in Jesus, the person, the one, like I just said, who had a perfect life, who, yeah, died on a cross for us, our hope isn't in our circumstances. It's in the person who was here on earth at one point. And uh, so, kind of going back to Romans 5, 5, this hope that I've been saying over and over again, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Those of us who have made that commitment today, we can stand firm in that hope is coming in the future because the Holy Spirit has been given to you. So where is your hope at right now? It might not be in Jesus, and that's okay. Mine isn't often. (laughs) But we, we can put our hope in Jesus. And Paul encourages us in this scripture to stop putting our hope in the circumstances or that next thing and put our hope in Jesus. And so instead of trusting the process where it might be more of on your end, we ought to trust in Jesus and rejoice in the process. This is not easy. It is hard. It is difficult. It takes, it takes a lot of time and effort. It's a long and strenuous work, but it's worth it. Because God is far more, he cares far more about your heart and what is happening in your life than any amount of success that we have created in our heads. Like I said, this, this process is slow, and it is difficult. I often think that I'm still in my 20s, um, and I'm not. <laughs> but I, I am not. I'm also where I'm at, and I don't want, I'm not where I want to be, but it, God has me where I am in the perfect spot. And I am not in my 20s anymore mainly because I'm thirty-two, but because I have grown. And and it's none of my nothing has done been has had happened because of anything in myself, but because what of what God has been doing in my life. I often think of when I when I think about growing and how long it takes, I I think of Psalm one three. It's one of my favorite verses in, in Psalms. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. And its leaves do not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. I don't know if you know this, but trees take a really long time to grow really, really tall, right? Also, however tall a tree is, the roots are just as long into the ground. They're just as deep. And this is this is what God is calling us to be in our circumstances, to grow deep roots within our circumstances in God. I was just talking to someone a couple days ago about their summer and how difficult it was, but they experienced a ton of growth. And it was amazing to hear, but it, it sounded hard and, and even painful. But God wants to do a work in that midst, in that, in that hard time and, and in that painful time. Our spiritual growth is often a long journey, long and painful journey, and God wants us to grow deep roots of intimacy with him, which brings trust. He wants us to trust in him. And this is all for our good and so that we, beca- we can become the men and women that God sees us to be, not the future person that we see, but God sees us to be. The more that we can turn to God in our circumstances, the more we can endure. The more we endure, the more that we have the character to turn to God in new circumstances. The more that we turn to God in new circumstances, the more we have hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Again, trust in Jesus and rejoice in the process. We're going to step into a time of communion at at this point. We've uh, set up some gluten-free bread in front of us and some uh, grape juice. (laughs) But this is an invitation. God is inviting us to the communion table this morning to remember what Jesus, is do, um, Jesus did to bring into the, his powerful work of restoration through relationship. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says that Jesus, at the night that he was betrayed, he broke the bread and gave it to his friends and said, eat, this is my body broken for you. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, after giving thanks, he invited his, his friends to drink. And because of, the, um, because of it, it re- represents his blood, uh, which is the new covenant of grace that is established if those who believe. This is a tangible way in which we can uh, say that we have made that commitment with Jesus. Um, and... If you haven't made that commitment to follow Jesus, then this isn't for you at this point. But this, this will be a continued invitation to, uh, to place your and fully surrender to, to Jesus. And so, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna sing a song, but feel free to come up and, and take communion at your, at your leisure.